Hey, 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 everyone. Uh, welcome to Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life, and everything in between. Ooh, excuse me. That's my morning coffee coming back with a vengeance. That's disgust, disgusting. Uh, yeah, this is Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life, and everything in between. I say everything. It's not quite everything, but lots of things in between. Uh, I am your host, Danny Randon. As ever, this is episode number 36. Uh, the first normal episode of the podcast, and I use normal in sort of uh, verbal inverted commas because it's not really that normal at all, but it is episode number 36, and it's certainly been a minute since episode number 35, mainly because, as I explained on the last episode, uh, you know, been spending a lot of time focusing on building up the Bitch and Review podcast, and the first few episodes of that have gone down an absolute storm, and then last week we obviously had the Bitch and Festival preview of the festival, which we're going to be talking about today, um, and then on a future episode of the Bitch and Review as well. We're going to be broadcasting chats from the festival in question, and that is indeed Slam Dunk. Um, Slam Dunk came to uh, Leeds, uh, Temple Newson Park, on Saturday 25th of May. I was not at Leeds, but I was at the following day in Hatfield, Sunday 26th of May at Hatfield Park, and oh boy, what a day. It was a busy day, it was quite often a, a very hot day, uh, not throughout the whole day, there was rain, I ended up seeing a double rainbow during the Mensinger set, which was possibly the most wholesome thing I think I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, just a very busy day because I was darting uh, back and forth from the sort of backstage area, um, humble brag there, to uh, chat to some of the bands playing uh, at Slam Dunk this year to bring you this special uh, compilation of uh, chats from backstage at Slam Dunk, essentially. Um and honestly, if uh, I'd imagine you've seen the podcast of this artwork, you would know that this lineup is, I mean, it's stacked. It's, it's really is a, a mad lineup of guests that we've got today. Some I can't even believe we even managed to get on the podcast. Not to, you know, show any low self-confidence just because this is a small podcast and you know, I've always kind of thrived off of it being very sort of DIY. Um, of course, uh, as you may notice, the audio quality of, of this intro, at the very least, is a little bit better than it has been in the past. That's because I've actually upgraded my gear. Um, instead of talking to you through the voice memos app on my iPhone, um, which was fine, like it serves a purpose, and I know lots of bands use it to like write down demos these days. It's like it's a really, really good compact tool, but it was only going to take me so far, and it is essentially an omnidirectional mic, which means it's really, really, really hard to cut out any background noise from it, and if I wanted to still enjoy doing these podcasts, which I do, I obviously want to enjoy it, I needed to make the editing process a lot simpler for myself, uh, so I decided to upgrade and get myself a microphone. I'm talking to you right now through the uh, Blue Yeti USB microphone, which is, according to tons of blog posts, I read the best mic for uh, beginner podcasters, so if you've got yourself a podcast and you're looking to sort of get some, you know, initial... Um, uh, gear to talk through if you don't think the voice memos will suffice um, then I would definitely recommend getting the uh, the Blue Yeti USB microphone because it's not all that expensive uh, within the, the sort of grander sphere of microphones I think I got mine on Amazon for about £110 um, maybe a little bit extra for uh, having like a, a sort of um, 
uh, pop shield on it. As you can tell, that is the sound of a, a rubbish lorry um, going uh, going outside my flat because I stupidly decided to turn the mic around to be facing uh, the... Well, it's not even an open window. Good God. It's just a really thin window pane. Um, but yeah, that's totally unprofessional of me. Um, it does have things like adjustable polar patterns, uh, which was helpful for recording at Slam Dunk. Now, a slight disclaimer. Um, obviously, I'm still learning how to use this microphone. My days of uh, A-level music technology are long, long, long behind me. It's a little bit of a shame I, I haven't really retained many of the skills um, that I picked up in A-level music tech, probably because I didn't put any of them into practice immediately after. And I don't know if that's the way everyone learns, but that's certainly the way I learn is, you know, if I'm learning something, um, I want to, to put it into practice as much as possible. And if it's been a few years since I put it into practice, then of course, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit rusty on it. And that was clearly the case as we headed backstage to uh, Slam Dunk. A um, little bit about the festival um, before we go into the chats today, which are, I cannot reiterate enough, it's mad, the chats that we've got on this podcast. A uh, little bit about my day, obviously I saw some great bands, I actually saw very little in the way of like full band sets, I saw lots of sort of like halves of sets or, you know, the last couple of songs of X band, you know, um, but what I did see throughout the day was absolutely incredible, it's, it's great to see how much Slam Dunk has kind of um, expanded its lineup sonically, um, especially with things like the Impericon stage, the lineup of which was just absolutely nuts. And um, yeah, it was great to see an amazing mix of bands. It's definitely transcended its quote unquote reputation as a sort of a strictly pop punk festival. I really don't think that is the case anymore. Um, it's just a great alternative music festival. Um, so I saw the likes of the Menzingers, as I mentioned earlier, who were Ace. Um, I saw Newfound Glory, more on them in a bit. Uh, saw Turnstiles, saw Cantspats, saw The Bronx, saw Employed to Serve, saw Pagan. Um, a lot of these bands we're going to be talking about a little bit more in detail uh, throughout the episode of this podcast. Um, saw a little bit of Angel Dust as well. Obviously, we reviewed the uh, new Angel Dust record, Pretty Buff, on the last episode of the Bitchin' Review, so you can go back and check out our thoughts on that. They were solid live. Um, in fact, what, I, what I'd recommend you do uh, after listening to this podcast is actually going over to uh, my good friend Tim Birkbeck's uh, podcast, which is called Just an Insight. Um, Tim very kindly drove myself and uh, Bitch and Review co-host Brad Thorne um, up to Hatfield on Sunday. He was our designated driver for the day so we could have some bieros. Um, that was a douchey thing to say, Jesus Christ, Danny. Um, but yeah, he was our designated driver for the day. And um, uh, on the way back, we decided to uh, record a sort of um, immediate aftermath review of the festival. Just a sort of... Uh, what we thought just as we were leaving the the slam dunk site and making the journey back down to the south coast uh, where we all live and um, yeah it was ace being on tim's podcast i've obviously been on there before to review 2000 trees and had a super fun time on that um i think we probably will be doing a sort of more in-depth review of slam dunk festival or maybe like a, a sort of a review of the sets um 
once we've had a little bit of time to sit on them in the next episode of the Bitchin' Review or the one after that. We're, we're, the plan is to basically bulk record two episodes of the Bitchin' Review in one because I know that I haven't put the April episode out yet because I haven't recorded it yet. It's been busy, all right? I started a new job. It's been Life's been a bit crazy lately, but we're going to be bringing you, I think, two back-to-back episodes of the Bitchin' Review podcast. So you can't complain that I'm not going to bring you the content eventually. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we've got coming up on today's show because I've been rambling for nearly 10 minutes now about logistical shit. Um, now, it is crazy, the, the guests that I've got on this podcast. I really can't reiterate that enough. Um, on this episode of the Bitch and Review, uh, my guests are as follows. Um, obviously, sort of the, the headliner of this podcast, if you will, Um is Newfound Glory. I sat down with guitarist Chad Gilbert and bassist Ian Grushka um, for a chat with them, which you're going to hear at the very end of this episode, um, uh, which was crazy. Um, you know, Newfound Glory have been almost a constant in my life since I've ever loved rock music, certainly from the days of watching Kerrang! TV and seeing the hit and miss and, uh, you know, the um, uh, all of the, the My Friends Over You video um yeah, they they are such an important band to me, and it was I was absolutely stoked that I could get the opportunity to sit down and uh, and chat with them for Bitch and Brew. Uh, also on this episode um, is Liam Cormier, aka Scrappy, from uh, the motherfucking Cancer Bats. I think we're going to open with that chat because that's that's a really sort of super one to kick things off. They're all they're all super chats, but yeah, I think that one would be a really good one to open the show on. Uh, also on the show we've got Matt Cawthron from uh, the Bronx. Um, I've chatted to Matt before. He was a super chill dude. I chatted to him at two slam dunks ago, actually, for um, another publication that I was writing for at the time. And he was a super cool guy. So, you know, I really wanted to invite him on the podcast and he gladly accepted. And we had a super, super cool chat. Lovely guy. And very nice voice. Like, he's got a very suitable voice for podcasts. Just a chilled out dude from Huntington Beach, California. I think that's where he's from. I know the Bronx from LA, but I think he's from more from the Huntington Beach area. And he's just a super chill dude. He's got a, a sort of very chilled out podcast voice. You know, just... Uh, God, it feels like I'm doing ASMR at this point. It's not like an ASMR thing at all. It's more just... He just sounds cool on this new uh, this new microphone that I've got. Um, then uh, other chats we've got on the podcast. Um, very happy to uh, sit down with Dan and Zave from uh, Pagan. Uh, they are the guitarist and bassist of Pagan, respectively. Um, I love Pagan. They're from Australia. They're from Melbourne. If you've not heard them yet, they are... Uh, a mad mix of sort of rock and roll and uh, almost blackened hardcore, really sort of evil satanic shit. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about their live show in the next episode of the Bitch and Review. I went to go and see them in Southampton about a week before seeing them at Slam Dunk, and then I got to go and see their set again at Slam Dunk, and it's just one of the most enthralling uh, live bands I've seen in a long time. So really wanted to invite Dan and Zave on to uh, have a chat with me before they jump on a plane back to Melbourne, but I'm sure they'll be back in the UK very, very soon if you've not had the opportunity to check them out live yet. Um, then also on this show, God, it really is a stacked lineup isn't it? Um, we've got Amy Interrupter and Kevin Bavona from The Interrupters, um, one of the sort of, uh, one of the most hotly tipped bands for the festival this year. Unfortunately, I was very sad to have missed their set just because of sort of scheduling conflicts. I think I was chatting to the guest we're going to be talking about in a minute uh, during their set. Um, 
which is cool. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be back. I'm sure they'll be back for sure because they've gone down an absolute storm in the UK. If you can imagine sort of Scar era, uh, no doubt mixed with an outcome, the Wolves era rancid, um, you know, I'm not just saying that because they have ties with, with Tim Armstrong, um, as we talk about on the show, but, um, yeah, they are an incredible sort of ska-influenced punk rock band. And if you haven't checked out The Interrupters yet, then you must be living under a rock because they are blowing up. And it was awesome to chat to uh, Amy and Kevin on on the show today. And finally, um, we have uh, Employed to Serve. I think this is weird to think it's the only British band uh, on the podcast. Obviously, we've had, you know... Uh, international guests on before but um, you know for the most part because of you know logistical reasons it's mainly been British bands on the podcast up to this point and so you know it's quite cool to think that Employed to Serve are the only British band certainly on this episode of the podcast Um, and what better band to kind of represent the UK right now their new album Eternal Forward Motion Uh, I don't want to give too much away before we chat about it properly on the uh, on the bitch and review but oh my god what what a fucking album what a fucking band so yeah i sat down with guitarist uh, sammy Irwin um to chat about the new album and lots of other things that's actually the longest chat we've got on this uh, this podcast today i think that one clocks in at about 15 maybe 17 minutes whereas the others clock in maybe around either around or just under 10 minutes um so yeah i think that's enough blathering from me you obviously know what to do if you like this episode don't forget to subscribe um for future episodes of the bitch and review and now i've got a microphone uh i think i'm going to be trying to sort of uh, step up the uh step up the content game a little bit and bring you some more just sort of regular quote unquote uh, whatever regular means on the bitch and brew um you know bring you more chats because it certainly has been a quiet few months for the sort of chat-oriented podcasts on Bitch and, uh, Bitch and Brew. Um, but I'll be bringing you more as we head into festival season, obviously doing more of these compilation uh, episodes as we are hoping to head to 2000 Trees Festival and Arc Tangent Festival. Um, probably not Download Festival at this point, unfortunately. We'll probably do a Bitch and Festival preview of, of Download. We've won the bands playing it. But um, yeah, lots more content coming this summer. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you went to Slam Dunk with a friend, then maybe you send in this podcast. You might have seen uh, the bands we'll be chatting to on stage and get a little peek behind the curtain and just want to hear about their day and about their weekend at Slam Dunk in general. Just share it with your friends is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, that really is enough blathering from me. In the first half of this episode, I'm going to be bringing you chats from uh, the Interrupters and the Bronx. Uh, but let's start this off with Liam Cormier from the Motherfucking Cancer Bats. You're my first chat of the day, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a great way to start. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Liam from the motherfucking Cancer Bats. How yeah. are you doing, sir? Welcome to Bitch and Brew. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's no problem. It's your fourth time at Slam Dunk now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, you must have made some pretty ace memories here over the years. Yeah, we love playing Slam Dunk. We definitely were always really excited to be 
uh, one of like the few hardcore bands that yeah. kind of like made it into the the fold. And for us, like I mean, we have such like a strong connection to like Leeds and Ben and like that whole like right. crew. Yeah. So I felt like that was like also part of it, like just being like, yeah, come and play our festival. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's sick. So us, like every time I die, Architects, I feel like we were some of the first few. Yeah. Like bands, and then we still keep getting welcome. Some back. of the slam dunk OGs. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. when they started for hardcore. Yeah. yeah. When they started expanding into heavier territories. Yeah. And then you come back, and it's like the lineup this year, and oh, the stage is so good. That we're on. Company. Yeah, it's the best. I basically heard people saying, yeah, I'm just going to park my ass at that stage yeah, and yeah, just go exactly. hang out there for the day. But then it's fun because, like, there's lots of stuff that obviously, like, I think it's set up really well that, like, people can cut over and go see Touche Amore and go yeah. see Tiger's Jaw and go, you know, like... And the alternating the stages yeah, as well is pretty The flip-flop works really well. Like, oh, the for two sure. ends of the stage, I think, is a really cool idea. I just stopped by the Key Club stage, which is the kind of left and right one where they're kind of next to each other and saw a bit of Kublai Khan. Oh, cool. And they, yeah. they were fucking tearing it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're just over a year on now from the spark that moves. Yeah. And um, the quite interesting thing about it was it was a surprise album. Did you find that kind of going under everyone's radar and being less under the microscope was quite sort of conducive to the to the creative process yeah I think so like for us we were just kind of you know happy to be working on a record and kind of like just having fun with the band you know mm. like just like there was no pressure like we weren't on a label we weren't you know under like management or anything like that we yeah. were just like hanging out in Canada like writing a record <laughs> uh, sort of in between like our real lives like while we were doing things right you know like while Mikey was like being a dad and like while <laughs> Like, I was, like, running the Treadwell stuff, and, like, Jay's doing woodworking, and, like, Scott's working in the studio. It's, like, it's kind of fun then to, like, come back to, like, the band and, yeah. like, have that as, like, an actual, like, fun release. So, like, the first few days, like, uh, or, like, early days of writing was just me and Jay. Like, I would be playing drums, and Jay would be playing guitar. Oh, And we right, were just, nice. like, hanging out like two buds, jamming, <laughs> and, like, talking about cancer bats and hanging out. Because Mikey doesn't even live in the same city as us anymore. Right, okay. So it was, like, really different in yeah. terms of, like, how we were writing the record. How far away does Mikey live from the rest of you nowadays? It's, like, a two-and-a-half-hour flight. Mm. So he definitely has to, like, fly in. Oh, wow. But then it's also... We can, you know, technology, like voice memos, we can just like make a quick demo, send it to everybody, yeah. see what people think. Like I can record vocals over top of something on my laptop. You know what I mean? So you're kind of, everyone's always like thinking yeah. about things and working on things. And then we would come together for like a few weeks and like write, like actually like chip yeah. away at the songs and it, have everybody's input. It must have been quite nice, obviously, to be kind of like without a label, without management at that time, not having really any pressures from that, but also, you know, Obviously, people were expecting another Cancerbats album at some point. Yeah, it was it was really nice because for us, we were just like honestly, like not even kind of like thinking about any of that. Mm. And when we went into like doing those Bat Sabbath shows, that's when we started hearing all the feedback from fans being yeah. like really excited. Because you can kind of be in your own bubble in a lot of ways. Like, other than, like, the few people I see at, like, a motorcycle event or, like, if I'm at a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of don't always see Cancer Bats fans. So then when we rocked up to those, like, Bat Sabbath shows. Yeah. 
uh, it was like so many kids being like, I need another record. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Like, as like a good motivation to like actually do it. I think if you're tracking the whole sort of creation and, and writing and recording of the record on things like social media these days as well, you're under such scrutiny from so many people that you probably end up like second guessing yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being like, what do we like about this yeah. band? You know what I mean? Like, what do we like genuinely? Or like taking those like, outside of the internet someone commenting on a thing it's more just like having someone genuinely come up to you and say I really love the song you know Lucifer's Rocking Chair or I really love the song Road Sick or I really wish you would play you know Golden Tanks again yeah and you're like oh okay well what about all this like still resonates with people and what should we like you know focus on and think about and like it was really nice to have that be just this natural like relaxed kind of process I, I, I was reading somewhere that you were kind of influenced by set lists uh, and set lists oh, yeah. from previous shows kind of you know looking at the the songs that were kind of constants in your set and trying not to create anything that was kind of like in a similar vein all the time I think you were saying like where you've got bricks and mortar, which is the really thrashy yeah. shit. And we're gonna you didn't play just like, want to make another thrashy song. Yeah, you know? well, and we were specifically like, like Pray for Darkness, uh, All Hail, like even Sonic Mind Assault. Like, we have some bangers. We have so many thrash songs <laughs> that we like can't even. We don't play. need more thrash. Yeah, songs. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're just like, if I, man, if I'm gonna play a thrash song, I could, I'd love to play Pray for Darkness, or I'd love to play All Hail. Yeah, like we're good. <laughs> you know, like, in, until we can, like, unless we're, we're, like, given this epiphany that, like, you know, really charges the thrash in us to, like, redefine the genre. It's like, well, let's, you know, let's put the, the yeah. thrash. And just kind of, like, being realistic of, like, album six, like, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, has, has any of the, kind of, the last year influenced any decisions on what you want to do next? Um, maybe again, like, just, like, what songs are, like, really fun to play yeah. and, like, just, like, having fun. I mean, Jay and I have, like, slightly both started working on songs separately. Um, and maybe Mike and Scott have been as well. But Jay and I have definitely, like, been like, yeah, I've got some riffs. <laughs> I've got some ideas. We could probably link up. And I live with Jay now, so it's, like, really oh, nice. easy. Yeah, yeah. So we're, like in the same house like listening to Suicide File and like <laughs> carry on like getting excited to make hardcore songs so well let's go back to Bat Sabbath yeah because yeah it's been a minute since mm. uh, Bastards of Reality and uh, yeah. you know it's the first time where um, I feel like I can kind of ask you a little bit about Bat Sabbath because I must admit, up until recently, I was just kind of a greatest hits guy when it came to Sabbath. And I think oh, okay. a lot of people my age yeah, are, yeah, like yeah. mid-20s. And uh, what, what's next for Bat Sabbath? Because I feel like now I've kind of gone in on the yeah. records, the records in their entirety. Yeah, that's the thing that's kind of cool is that, like, there are, when we first started doing it, a lot of Bats fans, like you know, only wanted to hear Iron Man, Paranoid, you know. And kind of yeah. Yeah, I think still there's a lot of that. Like, when you go and see, like, a band play covers, like, you want to hear, obviously, the big hits. You don't want to hear all the obscure shit. Yeah, you know? but at the same time, I feel like since, like, Sabbath's done the, like, you know, Farewell, like, yourself, a lot of people have checked out, like, yeah. tons more great songs. So where we've, we've always been able to do, like, Snowblind and, like, Hannah Doom and, like, a bunch of other songs yeah but just like no one knew 
what they were. <laughs> I'd like, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Mikey maybe like, what's the second to last song on Paranoid that has the fucking sick drum solo? Oh, uh, Supernaut. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's the thing, like now those songs are going over so much better. Yeah. So it's kind of fun that we can like, oh, okay, like we can do, you know, like fairies, but we could also do something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Symptom of the Universe is, like, one of my favorite songs. Or, like, Into the Void, like, people now know Into the Void. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. I think it's ace that, like, you know, when you're in the music industry and, and kind of when you're doing something like this, when you're hosting a podcast, you're always kind of encouraged to just be, like, ahead of the game so much and just check out exclusively new music. If it's yeah, not new, yeah, don't yeah. check it out. And I think that's kind of quite damaging, really, because I've found that I've been going back and listening to a lot of quote-unquote the classics lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'd realised the other day I'd never actually listened to a full ZZ Top record. Oh, okay. So I put on Trace Hombres because, yeah. you know, watching, like, Amoeba Records videos, that's the vinyl that all the artists pick up the most and kind of go, this is the best record. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too. Like, we definitely, like, listen to, you know, tons of stuff. And sometimes you just want to listen to, like, the first Deep Purple album, you know, because it rips. And yeah. it's, like, actually way more thrashed than I think a lot of people, like... <laughs> realize but it's like yeah there's so much music out there that you know you, you kind of like ebb and flow with like what you're into um you are playing 2000 trees we are yeah you're headlining the cave stage on the friday night i'm pretty sure yeah um, yeah and uh as uh, as regular listeners of bitch and brew will know i think that 2000 trees is the best festival on the planet Whoa, you've never played it before obviously. never played yeah. what have you heard about the festival from your peers uh everyone's told us that it's a ton of fun and that the setting is beautiful mm. so everyone's like really excited proper like, British countryside yeah 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 <laughs> which much like what we're in today but uh yeah yeah no I'm really excited especially to be like asked to come and like close out that stage mm. is like such a rad you know kind of thing so yeah we're really excited for that festival we're just coming over and doing that fest and then and then going back home yeah well I'm gonna go to Spain but yeah. oh yeah oh no whereabouts in Spain are you gonna head I'm gonna go to Barcelona oh yeah, yeah man yeah, I was yeah. there last year yeah it's, it's there. I love it there yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, right so before you go today Liam I uh, want to play a little game uh, okay. because if there's one thing that I love just about as much as music and uh, and craft beers on Bitch and Brew it's pro wrestling oh okay um, and uh, so we thought we'd play a little game today with everyone we're chatting to called Choke Slam Dunk Choke Slam Dunk um, I like it and uh, so very quick fire question questions what would your wrestling name be um i guess people call me scrappy so i'd i'd probably go with el scrappo el scrappo you'll yeah. go for like the luchador thing. yeah 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 <laughs> huge luchador what would your sort of signature move be what would be the one that gets everyone kind of off their feet and just... um oh i'd probably try and do something like energetic like uh like a front flip slam yeah into someone yeah i'm pretty <laughs> spry i can do a front flip Okay, so let's say El Scrappo is in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. And you can have any band in the world play you to the ring. Oh, you're going down yeah. the massive ramp. Who's playing you to the ring? Oh, I'd probably go for the big one and have, like, Metallica play oh, yeah? Sandman while, like, El Scrappo comes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's ace. Me and Lars rocking out together. I'm going to ask the same thing of, of Matt from, uh, from the Bronx later on in this episode. Oh, and I like it. I, I like to think you guys could... 
do some pretty hardcore matches against each other. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we would be a good tag team. Yeah. Maybe Matt and El Scrapo. Yeah. I know he actually boxes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we would be a good... He'd uh, go for, like, a super stiff, like, real style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd punch them, and then I would front flip, slam them. Who, who would turn on the other, though? Who would kind of betray the other? Oh, Matt's a way harder dude. I feel like growing up in L.A., he would definitely be able to, like... <laughs> turn heel on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'd go for the goal. Matt from the Bronx, welcome to Bitch yes. and Brew, and yes. welcome to Slam Dunk. Hey, thank you very much, it's nice to be back. Yeah, third time's a charm. Yeah, that's what they say, you know, <laughs> hopefully the third time is not uh, a complete disaster. Has it been no. a disaster before? No, 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 yesterday was great in Leeds, show was killer, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to today, man, it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of good friends here, mm. so many good bands, you know, so we're stoked. We've got a good few hours to go until your set. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything I've kind of seen in a Bronx set seems so of the moment. Yes. So do you spend a lot of time thinking about how your set's going to go beforehand? Do you just do you just go, all right, it's showtime? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think it would be unfair to kind of, you know, just to kind of wing it, uh, you know, to a certain extent. But uh, I, I don't overthink it either. Um, I do spend a little bit of time before we play just kind of, you know, going over, you know, just anything in particular that I feel like saying or, or anything that I'm feeling and just giving the show at least a, a, a fair amount of attention, you know, before we go into it. Um, it just it just makes, it, I don't know, it just, it just feels better that way, you know? It's like you got to respect what you're doing, you know? It's like, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, planning out every single word or every single, st- every single thing like that, but it's just kind of even if it's just closing your eyes and just visualizing the show for a little bit and just seeing how things are going to go and kind of laying it out in your mind before you go out and, and get after it, you know? It always it always helps. It's good for me, and, and I think it's a it's a... It makes a better show for the audience, too, because you're not out there searching for words or you're not out there trying to regurgitate the same shit you said yesterday or whatever, you know? It's like each night is different, so you got to spend a little bit of time, you know, mentally preparing for it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you don't visualize the injuries ahead of time, though. No, 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 yeah. I got popped in the lip last night. That was a little something. I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, it's, it's not too bad. Uh, it's looking all right. It's not too bad, but, uh, but yeah, I got popped in the pit last night. That was kind of funny, but mm. that happens all the time. I think it was a few years ago. It was probably when you were touring on four, and uh, you played in a city called Portsmouth yeah. down on the south coast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do remember you diving into the crowd about, I was in the photo pit that night, uh-huh. about three songs in, you came over and I remember just seeing you clock your eyebrow oh, yeah. on the security barrier, because those steps on the other side of the security barrier, yeah. they are unforgiving. Yes, they are. Yeah, that's happened a lot too. Uh, you know, but those, the, the little ones, scrapes, cuts, bruises, those are, those are no big deal. You know, it's when you get like the broken bones or... Mm torn muscles or you know crazy shit like that where it gets a little painful but what's the most absurd one where you've gone how the fuck did this even happen 
Ah, uh, the calf one was pretty crazy. That was pretty gnarly. I was we were in France about like a year and a half ago, something like that. And I just doing a regular jump on stage during a part of the song, and I came down on my right leg, and my calf muscles split from the bottom up, oh, like halfway through, almost tore it completely, and it hurt so bad. <laughs> like it hurt. It was a pain. Like I just, I wouldn't, I can't even describe. You wouldn't it even wish it on your worst enemy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't fall. Thank God, I was able to kind of stand up and kind of, I got through the rest of the show as, as best I could. I don't really think too many people knew what what was going on, but yeah, it was like a three month rehab after that. It was like a super, super gnarly, super light, yeah, intense physio. Yeah, yeah, and that that really sucked, uh, you know. But that's that's probably the worst one I've had. I've had the t- tops of my feet broken in the pit from people stomping on them. Uh, you know, I've had uh, fingers smashed. You know, I got one finger here that's kind of permanently crooked. Ouch! I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> uh, you know, all all sorts of stuff. But it's all good, man. I mean, it's all it's all minor stuff. All that stuff can happen not being in a band too. So it's not like, you know, that's just life shit. You know? Yeah. It's all good. For sure. Um, when we uh, when we last hung out, um, we had a really interesting conversation. I'm not going to kind of paraphrase you here from uh, from two years ago when we were on the university campus. Obviously, we've moved to Hatfield Park, yeah. now, which is much much more beautiful than a university campus. I must I, say. I agree. <laughs> um, I was very uh, sort of uh, intrigued by what you were saying about how you've used social media as a means of discovering all different kinds of art. Yeah. Is that is that something you still stand by? Because I think a lot yeah. of people would heard, hold a very sort of um, uh, an opposing opinion about social media kind of devaluing art and just looking at something. Well, I mean, uh, there's a there's a there's a difference between uh, value and discovery. You know what I mean? Like I I, I, I can agree with to a certain extent with people who say that um, you know social media can can devalue art. It can it can I mean anything that you can get or see or, or experience at the you know snap of a finger you're not really going to fully appreciate the way you would if you had to search and scratch and claw to find it you know what I mean but I do think that as far as discovery goes I mean if you're if you're able to, to if you're a type of person who uh, you know can find true value and stuff and understands that just because technology can show you something at the blink of an eye doesn't mean that that's that it, it's worth any less than if you had to scratch and claw for it then i think you're okay if you can find the difference between the two because there's like that that's the 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 fucking you know the the greatest thing about the internet for me is just discovery you know yeah. you don't you don't gotta fucking get on a plane and fly halfway across the world and do you just like you can just you can find everything at your fingertips you can discover new artists new bands but you know the choice of how you appreciate and what you do once you discover those things is is up to you you know and a a lot of people you know they 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 don't value it the way they used to you know it's just the way it is and that's sad that sucks you know but it's like at, at the same time for someone like me you know who can 
find and you know go down some weird wormhole on Instagram and find some artist in France that's doing these crazy screen prints and then I get to buy one and it shows up in my fucking apartment like a week and a half later that's rad yeah you know what I mean and I appreciate that and I, I, I put value on that so and then I, Instagram will send you a load of stuff that you, they think you might like as well like uh, the sort of, yeah. you know the retard I mean uh, you get some shit yeah that's, but, a, that's some that's some crazy ass stuff too yeah. how your phone's just listening to you 24-7 even if you turn it off you still get that stuff where you're talking to your friends about you know wanting to get a new backpack and then you somehow some way oh, yes. your backpacks are just all you see for the next fucking week on your feed you know what I mean it's insane but that's the scary side of it yeah that's the scary side of it but you know I mean uh, who, I mean the world's gonna be over relatively soon anyway so you know <laughs> just all you gotta do is just discover and then value and appreciate and just live your own life you know so moving on to your own art yeah um, we're obviously what two, nearly two years on now from Bronx Five yeah um, or Bronx as I Bronx yep or something it was uh, once someone called it Someone saw a banner once and they go, what's the name of your band, Brunch? <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go on to talking about the Bronx, I want to talk about Mariachi El Bronx. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, surely it's time for another album, because it's yeah, been a minute. It is, it has been a minute, but we're, we're going to wait one more. Uh, you know, we're doing, a, we're recording a new Bronx record in July. Uh, with Joe Barisi in Pasadena, and it's going to be a monster. We got like uh, 12, 13 songs written already. We're going to wow. try to get to like 15, 16, and then choose the best 10, 11, something like that. Um, and so then you after. You could do like a Bronx double album with yeah, like 15, 16 I know, songs. Right? I know. After that, uh, can you imagine the attention span of it would take for a double album? Like the attention span <laughs> today for a double album, the double album would have to be like eight tracks. You know what I mean? Because people are just over it. Like thirty seconds in, they're just they're like ready, done. Yeah. Next, next song. Remember when albums used to but, be like eight, nine tracks yeah, yeah, long, yeah, like yeah. ten at most, yeah, and then yeah. you get like a thirteen-track album. You're like, oh. yeah, yeah, no, I know, absolutely. But uh, so with, with El Bronx, uh, we're gonna be doing, we're gonna be playing some more shows because uh, it's crazy. This September is the ten-year anniversary of our first record. Wow. Which has flown by. I can't believe that. So we're doing some special shows for that. Uh, but we're not going to be doing the big uh, reunion record probably until like another year or two until after Bronx 6 touring mm. cycle's done. So it is going to be called Bronx 6. You didn't just want to... I was thinking you might just want to one-up Led Zeppelin and then just start... A start at 6? I mean, you never know. I mean, yeah, who knows what, but I'm assuming that it's just going to be Bronx 6. I do know? like when uh, someone was on Twitter going like, I've never checked out the Bronx. What's the best Bronx album to check out? And everyone's reply was just the Bronx. Like, that helps out, man. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Um, what are the writing vibes in the Bronx camp like right now then? Because this is your first album with Joey Castillo on, yeah. on drums. Yep. And obviously, you know, consider, looking at his CV, yeah. must, be, must be pretty nuts. Yeah, he's, he's a badass, man. And he's, he's, he's a badass on stage and he's a badass in the studio too, which is great, you know. So uh, riding with him has been going really great. And... You know, it's the band's been together for so long now that everyone's super comfortable and contributing on the same level. You know, when it started, it was mostly me and Joby generating the songs and stuff like that. But now Ken, our other guitar player, is writing a bunch. He wrote some songs on the last record. Uh, Brad's contributing new songs on bass and stuff like that. So everyone's writing, and uh, it's 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 coming together in a way that's like the, you know shaping up to be one of the coolest records we've ever done mm. so you know I know that's you know no shocking news for anyone who <laughs> listens to any band interview ever about a new record but uh, we're really excited about it it's, it's, cool. it's, it's gonna be it's gonna confidence. be super cool I've yeah. always loved the confidence yeah. um, 
So before you go, we're going to take you through a quick questions in a segment I've called Choke Slam Dunk. Okay. Um, so start off very easily. What would your wrestler alter ego be called? Okay, so I thought about this. I invented a wrestler a long time ago that was like a, you know, because I'm a bald guy, so I uh, invented like a skinhead wrestler. Okay. Know, okay. And his name was the Working Class. Okay. And his finishing move was called the Paycheck. And that was, you know, that was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell it was me like that? A, he's like a oi, like skinhead guy, you know, not racist, of course, you Boots know, if anyone braces. who doesn't know, anyone who doesn't know the difference, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a working class skinhead, like modern day hero, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. My next question was, what would your signature move be? So the paycheck. The paycheck is the move, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what is the paycheck? It's, oh. a, it's a little like the rock bottom. It just kind of involves lifting someone up by their throat and slamming them down. Choke slamming them, you know, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. through yeah, a table. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, this just like stinks of ECW days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you're in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. So let's go for All WrestleMania. Right. Um, or Double or Nothing, if you're yeah. an AEW fan. Mm-hmm. Um, who is playing you as you, uh, who is playing you in as you take the the long walk down the ramp to the ring any band mm. on the planet you could ever have to play down to the ring ah oh, i mean that's a that's a fucking that's a tough one it can't be the bronx i can't just you know you can have the bronx yeah, i mean it's just one of vocals uh, it, well not well oh, you grab the mic yeah, 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 because, yeah, yeah, I mean, History Stranglers would be a pretty good entrance song, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be a good one. Uh, anyone outside of that, maybe, uh, ooh, uh, you know, like, Ice-T would be pretty sick. What, with body count? Or just Body count would be good, but maybe if he's just, like, coming down, you know that song, Colors, where it's like, I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a good song. That Colors, Colors is a good song. He's got, I mean, Ice-T is just a pretty down-ass motherfucker, so he would be cool to have. Yeah. Oh. I um, I like the idea of um, of Mariachi or Bronx. There's a, there's a wrestler in WWE now, but when he was in kind of the NXT in the developmental territory, uh, he um, he's called Andrade Cien Omas, um, and he's from Mexico, and he had sort of a mariachi band wearing um, like balaclavas oh, yeah. uh, playing to the ring Hell and I yeah. just thought that was suit and he came out in his luchador mask that's like tribute to his past that's I'd sick. like to think Mariachi Bronx could do that at oh, some yeah. point oh absolutely we'll get on to Vince McMahon try and make it happen yeah, yeah, yeah. drop an email in <laughs> well Matt uh, have a great time at your set today my man try thank you try not to get your lip busted hey, again it's alright hopefully maybe we'll go for an eye this time we'll see if we can get a busted eye <laughs> something like that we'll see what happens rock and roll right on my man thank you man thank you you appreciate it. <laughs> I'm here with Amy and Kevin from The Interrupters. Guys, welcome to Bitch and Brown. Welcome to Slam Dunk. I can't believe it's your first time here. Us either. I mean, it's uh, yeah, such is, a great festival. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were telling me uh, a little bit earlier about how you stayed in a hotel that reminded you of the hotel from The Shining. Yes. 
I think part of it was because we showed up in the middle of the night and it just had these long hallways and she steps into the hallway and goes this place is for sure haunted <laughs> and then we start talking about how it reminded us of The Shining but, and we're like imagine in the winter very Kubrickian yeah. but other people separate of each other all came to the same conclusion yeah it's true it yeah. wasn't just a few of us it's we true. all decided separately that this was definitely uh, a, a murder or two that's taken place maybe on the property for before. sure but it was a beautiful hotel beautiful with, with great breakfast <laughs> yeah good breakfast yeah. so yeah. it's getting a it's getting a thumbs up on TripAdvisor yes yes, yes definitely <laughs> there we go um, I, I really can't believe it's your first time here at Slam Dunk because I thought you know I think the Interrupters is such a, a great fit for this festival and to be coming here at, you know and sharing a stage with bands of such esteem from your scene how does it feel to be a part of the punk uh, punk, uh, sorry punk indrublic experience today well we we uh, we've done a few well it feels like a punk rock family reunion it really does because we played sh so many shows with over all the years with all of these bands so yeah. it's just nice that we're all together same time mm -hmm. it's so awesome to see everybody's set it's just it really is just uh, it's been an incredible experience yeah I, the thing I love about this lineup is how eclectic it is as far as like you have hardcore you've got punk rock you've got you know some more like pop punk some screamo you got a little bit of everything but we got our stage over in the corner of like the, the punk rock stage and, and yeah. it feels it feels great over there I, I, I walked past earlier during Mad Caddy's set and it looked like everyone was just having the most amazing time. Absolutely. It's so fun over there. It's <laughs> how, wild. Could, how could you be mad when you're listening to the Mad Caddies? You know what I mean? No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I think uh, the admiration of, of ska punk and, and ska music here has always kind of been a constant at Slam Dunk, but it didn't seem that way for a little while. You you guys have recognized yourself that it was a little bit of a, a hokey genre for a, for a little while, but it, it's kind of, it's coming back to something that transcends, it's almost like, I kind of think of it like, um, like heavy metal or like, you know, rock and roll, where it's hard for like a young, rock and roll band these days to sound like not like a pastiche of its genre and i think that's what the interrupters does for for scar punk it obviously it pays homage to some of the greats but you know it's not like a, a pastiche of a, a sort of a once hokey genre do you think wow thank yeah. you thank you for saying that and you know what though i mean as far as the core of punk rock and punk ska and ska always at its core I don't think it was ever hokey. It was when it went mainstream and then it was co-opted by certain people that wanted to make that sound to like sell stuff in yeah. like the late 90s and that's when you get the hokiness for yeah. sure. But at its core and in the underground where it's always lived. Yeah, it's never been. It's always been mm. like. It's never been hokey. Yeah, 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 it's always been just. It's just if you see it like on, a, on a cruise commercial or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally With the Hawaiian exactly. shirts yeah. and yeah. All that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people just see like, that film, you know that film Basketball that has like real big fish yeah. playing in it? Yeah. I think people just see that when they go, when they think about ska punk. Maybe so, we like those guys, but yeah, maybe, I mean, it's just... Oh yeah, yeah, I'm not calling them out, they're, they're, they're gets, good fun. When something gets so big, you yeah. know, obviously sometimes the, the mainstream will just drop it like a hot potato. People will turn on it and be like, no, that reminds me of when I was in the eighth grade or whatever. <laughs> you know, but, but no, uh, it's music that's always spoken to us and, and it's it's great to be a part of. And and we get like a lot of little kids come to our shows, you know? Mm, yeah. And, you know, I see, uh, I'll see like six, seven, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, yeah. ten-year-olds, and their parents will come up to me 
and go, you're the only band that we can all agree on as a family. Like, all of us agree that, you know, you're our favorite band. And they, you know, the parents will say that they think, the kids think that we invented Scott. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) You guys got to go backwards. (laughs) Here's madness, here's the specials, you know. And right in between, you got to get that Operation Ivy record, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's cool that, you know, families agree on that. Does it make you more conscious of cussing on stage? Yeah, I mean, we always try to, um, even on our records, I don't think we've really cussed on our records. No. I mean, like, this is the thing, is like, you bring kids to a punk show, that's a risk you're willing to take, Mm. but we always, we always try to, we try to keep it, you know, as timeless as possible, as you would say. That's true. I mean, also because with the, with the, with YouTube... You know, the, I've seen videos of me just being like, "F this and F that." Like, oh. <laughs> no. It just doesn't, you, you know, like the capturing the moment. Sometimes. Yeah. It just, it's just, uh, it feels. Um, I don't know. It just feels that, that YouTube doesn't quite capture why you're saying it so much <laughs> yeah. in a live moment. You know. That's so funny. It, right. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, I mean, mean, they're gonna learn yeah. the words eventually, aren't they? It's true. So I you feel, know. Yeah, I feel like they're learning them younger and younger too. And my favorite thing ever is when we like are doing a meet and greet or meeting people after the show and the parents will come up and we meet the kids and we're like, hey, how are you guys doing? And the parents will be like, you guys are fucking awesome. And we're like, whoa, dude, right in front of the kids? Is that what we're doing now? I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> That's cool, because when I was a kid, obviously you, you guys have your mentor and producer, Tim Armstrong. My dad kind of brought me up on Indestructible by Rancid and Outcome sure. the Wolves and yeah. we were we were listening to it in the car we were driving along a couple of years ago listening to an Outcome the Wolves and he was like oh surely this album's got to be turning like 20 or 25 soon surely they've got to come over to the UK playing in full and we got back to wherever we were staying and we relayed the conversation to a friend and this friend just turned to my dad and said mate we did go to that gig <laughs> you were just so fucked up that Oh wow! And I still haven't seen Rancid, and my dad has. And oh really? Yeah, super jealous. When when did he go see them? Oh, this is what about five years ago now. Right on. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Uh, and out come the Wolves in its entirety. That's one it. album. Yeah, it's a great album. <laughs> I mean, huge, that's, huge that's, inspiration. That's, that's a high benchmark. I mean, even when we're when we're making records, it's like, how could we make a record like that? It's just bulletproof <laughs> yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. You know, it's it's very inspiring. Yeah. Especially to work with the guy who made that record. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm. One of our favorite records of all time. Yeah, absolutely. So, Fight the Good Fight, it's been out, what, just uh, just over or just under a year now at this point? Yeah, just under a year. Yeah. Have you had a lot of time to reflect on it, or has it all just been very sort of full-on for you? I mean, to be honest, it's been full-on, but every moment of reflection we get, we're just taken aback in shock and awe of how lucky we are as a band to be able to just get our music out to more and more people. Mm. And then more and more people are connecting to it is also just really incredible. Yeah. On this, on this album, we're really noticing. Even this afternoon, we played our set, and when we played the new songs, the crowd was singing louder to the new songs yep. than they were to anything else. And we were like, usually take back the powers, the song everyone sings super loud. Today it was gave you everything. So the new ones, oh, just, nice. which is like the best That's feeling cra- ever. It's yeah. just such crazy yeah. to us and amazing. So um, before you go today, we're doing, doing some quick fire questions with everyone. Love it. Uh, because if there's one thing we love just as much as we love uh, rock music here on Bitch and Brew, it's pro wrestling. Um, so uh, we're going to put everyone into uh, an imaginary battle royal, but I need to, you to give me your uh, wrestler alter ego names for starters. Ooh, oh. So if you had to step into the squared circle, what would your uh, oh, wow. what would your wrestler name be? I would have to be. Um, 
How about... Oh, this is hard. Yeah, okay. Hold on a second. I'll, I'm going to be Dozer. Dozer. Which is short for bulldozer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Stepping into the ring. Dozer. It sounds actually like I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst wrestling name ever. It is. That's terrible. What okay. are you going to be? Um, I'll be uh, Crusher. Crusher. I like Dozer and Crusher. Dozer I like versus it. Crusher. You All could right. have like this sort of awesome tag team move where you just sort of like just run at them from either side and just yeah, totally slap you just them. keep falling asleep i keep dozing off and you just keep crushing them yeah all right um and if you had anyone playing you to the ring say you're in the main event of wrestlemania you're walking down that long ass ramp and you could get any band in the world to play you to the ring who would it be oh wow who did um the final count europe yeah europe Europe? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, Europe. Original sure. lineup doing Final Countdown. Yeah. And that's it? Are they all still alive? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll I thought raise we were, them from we the dead. In, we were in a fantasy world. Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this isn't actually happening. I'm yeah. sorry. No, but that's totally... I mean, you know. You, you can, can... A boy can dream. A boy can dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm with him. Final yeah. Countdown. Yeah. We always play that song <laughs> at the end of a tour. At the end on of the way, tour. On the way home when somebody really has to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, it's like we'll getting, getting off the highway almost home from the longest tour ever and someone will just pull out their phones and they'll be like... Hey everyone, uh, Danny, D- Danny, nearly forgot my own name there, uh, Danny, definitely Danny here, uh, just coming at you on the uh, halfway point of the episode, thank you very much uh, for listening this far despite the sort of uh, shoddy audio, I promise I will learn how to, to use this this microphone uh, to my advantage a lot more as we kind of go into more festival environments, um, but hey, let's be a little less self-deprecating, a little more positive about how awesome this episode has been so far. Thank you very much uh, to Liam from the Cantsbats and Matt from the Bronx and, of course, Amy and Kevin from the Interrupters for their time on Bitchin' Brew. Of course, if you've been enjoying this episode, as I said earlier, don't forget to subscribe because we've got plenty more stuff coming from festivals uh, over the summer, whether that's uh, the Bitchin' Festival previews of all the sort of big alternative festivals happening this year or some more backstage chats from festivals, hopefully like 2020 and Arc Tangent. Don't quote me on that because obviously nothing's quite in the bag yet, but I'm sure we'll be heading to, to those two festivals this summer. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get into my chat with Sammy Irwin from Employed to Fucking Serve. So, a little bit of a giveaway from uh, the segue into the last recording into this recording. Yes. Uh, Danny's had a beer. Danny's had a beer? I've had a beer. All right, yeah. And I've watched Turnstile. Oh, yes, yeah. And it was amazing. Bloody amazing. So, I'm ready, raring to Absolutely go. Absolutely hyped up for it. That's <laughs> it, man. Good. And I'm joined be. by none other than Sammy Irwin from Employed to Serve. How are you, sir? Very well, well today, em- thank you. Employed to Serve and 
God knows and however many bands various, right now. Various acts, yeah. <laughs> but how, right now, how many are you up to now? Uh, I mean, technically speaking, it's over. It's over five. Okay. And then I'm working on a few more now, so it's getting onto like ten or something like yeah. that. But I'm like a, a magpie of music where I see something shiny and new, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that now. Uh, I can't help myself, basically. <laughs> it's your first time at Slam Dunk. Indeed, yep. Uh, it must still feel surreal to be sort of arguably the, the most sort of disgustingly heavy band that's here this year. Yeah. Even, you know, I mean, it's great that Slam Dunk has expanded at this oh, point. Oh, sure, but yeah. I mean, how's your first Slam Dunk been so far? Awesome. I mean, like, since it has sort of diversified and sort of got a more wider mm. selection of, like, bands in the sort of heavy realm in, I mean, and also, like, today anyway, people listen to all sorts. And I think the first time we kind of really realised that is when we did a tour with, like, Milk Teeth, like, a couple years ago. Yeah, you stage-dived on my head at that show. Oh, I'm very sorry. It's okay, I'm I, fine. I, I I'm cool, I'm good. Like, lasting damage there. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, it's like, at that, like, they're a completely different band from us. And just to have people come down to the shows, and it wasn't, like, split. It wasn't, like, there was, yeah. like, the Bilty fans over there and the Impostor fans over there. It's, like, people coming down wearing either their band T-shirt or our band T-shirt, but, like, singing along to both bands. And, like, yeah. I think nowadays there's less... I mean, there's obviously still, like, niche pockets and stuff like that. But I think on the whole, particularly in the rock and metal world, people are just a lot more diverse in what, mm. they, what they listen to. And Slam Dunk's kind of... A, a great example of that where you will have someone go watch like Knock Loose but then go sing along maybe with like Newfound Glory yeah know? it's cool it's, it's awesome. amazing I w- walked past Busted playing a set on the way to Turnstile so yeah. but there you go I think that just kind of shows how yeah. like diverse people are in their like music listening you know? it must feel really great to know that you're not necessarily playing to an audience of like purely employed to serve converts no and we, we, we thrive on playing to a new audience like we love nothing more because like you got you got to work hard for it you got to like win people over mm. and if anything it gets you more buzz to play more angry it makes me want to swear and shout at people a lot more <laughs> if they never seen us before because you want to make a lasting impression you want to run through the audience exactly yeah you want to scare people down down the guitar and run through with the mic yeah exactly There's been i a, did that yesterday yeah yeah, yeah are you still my playing gu- uh, pray for rain no, no no it was my guitar cut out we were playing force fed like and my guitar cut out and then it was like i can spend the rest of the song trying to fumble around to fix it or i could just like chuck it on the floor and then go crowd you know stay were you able to finish done. the set or we- well we we sadly like ran slightly over yesterday so we had to cut one song but it wasn't the end of the world okay but we've we've planned for today a little bit better so okay. we don't have to cut anything it's leaner yeah exactly <laughs> it's all the bangers I right. think bands can get a bit carried away with the, the big rock star endings for every song oh yeah 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 definitely like the ending taking like five minutes of its own guitar solo and the drum <laughs> solo Justine takes a like a vocal solo as well yeah so that there will be no vocal solo today we cut that out okay yeah. fair enough that's yeah. why we ran over yesterday you, you, you can't have loads of guitar solos and loads of groove it's no, just no, it'll no, no. be total overload everyone will be knackered exactly by yeah. what what time are you on today like 5 30 uh, yeah 5 15 i think yeah it's like i don't want to rip a solo and blow people's minds either you know that's the thing yeah. i'm really worried about because if i if i rip a solo and people's heads explode you know we might be liable as a band to yeah. sort of pay out for that so what like raiders of the lost ark exactly melting yeah, yeah. or like scanners maybe it's more of a yeah, because yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark is melted faces. Whereas, I mean, it could be anything, though. Like yeah. it, I mean, a guitar solo has different effects on people, so your head might explode, it might implode, or you might just melt in general. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Or you might be perfectly fine. What's your preference? I mean, Oh, if I was going to implode, explode, or melt, yeah. 
I would probably go with I'll go with milk it's a bit more dramatic you yeah. have a bit more time to kind of like go and kind of like draw it out. whereas <laughs> if you kind of explode that's kind of it you kind of blow your load in one go and you're done it feels the most death metal like yeah. you could put that on an album cover like if, a posthumous album cover it's just a photo of you melting melting yeah I mean to be honest with you that would be like my ideal way to die if I could get electrocuted on stage and just like melt in front of people I've seen some of those electrocution videos on stage and they are scary yeah yeah like well, who was it a few years ago I think it was Frankie from Amur oh shit uh, yeah, and was, yeah, he, he was on stage that, yeah. I think it was in Russia mm. and he got shocked by the mic and all you see like you think it would be really dramatic yeah but all that happened was he clutched his mic to his chest and he just fell backwards fuck and it's like scary stuff though because I mean like it has it has killed people I've got shocks before, like nothing like serious, but it does kind of make you go, oh shit, like, yeah. could, could that, you know, metal's a dangerous job. We're risking our lives every time we go on the stage, <laughs> and I don't think people realise that. You know? It's all about the game, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it kind of leads on to a nice segue to talk about Eternal Forward Motion, yes. uh, which there's still, you know, a lot of momentum out. It was less than three weeks now yeah, since I think you it's, released I think it. it's just maybe two weeks now. Congratulations. Thank you. It's man. a fucking brilliant album, oh, thank honestly. You. And um, I know. I was uh, listening to an interview with you the other day. You said a lot of the writing actually came from you having to take some time off work. You had an yeah, injury or something. Yeah, I had something. a back injury. So, like, I... Fuck. Yeah, just, like, I broke my ankle when I was younger. And, like, over the years, that's kind of made me a bit of, like... We call it Elvis Presley syndrome, where you got, like, a wonky pelvis. Okay. Um, so that's what I had. And over the years of doing band stuff and physical labour, my back was like, no, and I was, like, slipped the disc. Um, so that's why if anyone saw us when we toured in... Uh, November of 2017, I was like like a, a statue on stage. Oh, really? I literally, I slipped it on tour with my other band, Renounce. I had to fly home from the last day of tour because I was fucked. Uh, I didn't know if I could do the tour with ETS. And the last last day leading up to it, I was like, no, nah, I have to go. Like, I'd be gutted if I missed it. So I went on the tour and just had to stand like this. Even like, it was one of those things, even like shouting made it hurt. Cause it was oh, that's agonising. You had to do a Tom Araya. Like, yeah, literally just like... No, just, not even any headbanging. No, just stand there and kind of look at people. So I must have looked that, really that weird. That must have been a little bit more intense, if anything. I guess so. I hope so, anyway. I mean, I just kind of made up for it by just singling out like one person in the crowd and just like staring at them. Because that's the funnest shit. I love doing that. And then you stare at one person and they make eye contact with you. And then it's like a stare off, like who's gonna break first? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I kind of just did that to kind of make up for not to move around much. But I'd say that's a lot more intense than getting in people's faces, just like I from a distance. So. You can you can only work with what you got. But yeah, anyway, off of, off of that, yeah. So back injury, I had, I quit my job because I could like I like worked as a gardener and stuff. Couldn't do that. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, so I had low loads of downtime basically. So were you pretty much bed bound? Uh, for at one point in time. So when I came off the renounced tour. Um, I couldn't, the only way I could seek any sort of comfort was being like down on all fours in like a bit of a ball position. So I didn't sleep at all for a week because I couldn't, I couldn't lie down, I couldn't stand up. My sciatica was so bad. And then on the day before one of the employed to surf shows we had coming up, it wasn't at all, I like fucked it up further. I got out of the shower and then it really went, I had to go into hospital uh, and then I got loads of painkillers and that helped helped sort of relieve us but yeah. I was kind of like yeah I was in a very very poor state for about a week or so I'd, I had a horrible incident in the shower as well recently oh, where okay. actually I, we have like a big glass shower screen and it fell on top of me oh, did it break as no well? no no it stayed in one piece but it just completely yeah. fell off the hinges I just oh had to God. call for my girlfriend help help I'm kind of pinned up against this massive <laughs> yeah. like 
double-plated glass screen. She just yeah, walks into yeah. the bathroom and just sees me like the most hideous sight pressed up against. I know, so a glass shell screen, just like. But that's kind I of fucked up. I can sympathise though, because that's kind of like what happened for me. So I got out of the shower and I was like completely like naked. Yeah. So I went to pick pick up my pants <laughs> and that's when it went. And no one else was in the house. I had to call Justine at work. I was like, Justine, like, oh, fuck, my back is like really gone. She called an ambulance. She's like, well, do you want me to call you an ambulance? I was like, yeah, call me an ambulance. But I was like, I'm naked and I can't get dressed. So I had to like, luckily it took the ambulance like about an hour to get to me. And I did just about manage to, with some careful maneuvering, put some pants on. Yeah. So when they turned up, I wasn't quite in the sorry state I was in. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the most vulnerable, sort of like yourself in your situation, <laughs> pinned between the wall and like, yeah, the, the shower glass. It was a, an obscene sight for my girlfriend to behold. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Like. So, um, so do you feel like a lot of productivity actually came from, like, isolation actually being forced to kind of sit there yeah. and just, oh, where there was nothing else to do but, but write? For sure, yeah, definitely. And like, I think obviously like it kind of, put me in like a kind of pissed off mood because of that I mean obviously like it's nothing you can really do about it no. it's just, it kind of sucks but like you know you obviously go through like stages in your life as well where you're a bit like pissed off about a few other aspects and it definitely fueled a lot of the kind of you know themes and stuff around the album and yeah and also it gave me so much time to be free to write I mean a lot of the songs on the album wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for me mm. throwing my back out so you know in, overall I'm very very happy that that happened to me, yeah you know? I think different, different, different album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think when you're forced to take some time off, because I, I had a similar thing where I was like, I got a really bad cold, and then yeah. I got like sinusitis from it, and I was oh, just forced shit. to take like a week off work. Dude, that's miserable as well. Yeah, sinuses. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's obviously far less sort of physically tormenting than like a really bad back injury. But, it but does suck, when you're yeah. actually forced to take time off brings a lot of things into perspective I think yeah yeah totally and also it's good like kind of kick up the ass as well because like you finally realise like well at least for me anyway I kind of like put my body through like a lot of, lot of hell over the years in terms of like being quite physically punishing on it and you kind of go oh yes you maybe I'm not invincible I've got to kind of look after myself like a little bit here you yeah. know what I mean and like I've kind of hopefully I've learnt my lesson I hope I don't hurt my back again but I mean <laughs> Yeah, some of my bandmates kind of tell me off sometimes because the thing is, as soon as you're kind of a little bit better, you start yeah. to get a bit carried away again and start doing like heavy lifting or jumping around on stage. Is there a little bit much. of a, a maternal spirit among the band of just? Yeah, like, sometimes it's a little bit like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. But don't like, blow yourself up, asshole. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Because otherwise, you know, what I mean, you know, you, you might to, melt. Yeah, you know, I might melt on stage. <laughs> I would literally, if my back went again, you would see me literally just crumple up into like a ball you know what I mean because yeah. all your muscles just spasm up and you just like you curl up basically yeah it's horrible so have you learned to now accommodate it a little bit more into your performance uh, yeah definitely yeah I mean I'm going back to me maybe being a little bit bit silly I a probably bit more liberal about I it I probably shouldn't do some of the stuff in like crowd surf and things like that but I mean you can wrap yourself in bubble wrap a little bit too much sometimes yeah. and I kind of cheesy as it sounds I live for doing this so I don't kind of want it to like have to compromise my enjoyment of like playing too much because you do Mm. you enjoy playing the most when you're fully into it and you're not thinking about stuff and you can just kind of go with it so yeah there's sometimes I think oh I might go to do something and think maybe that's not a good idea but I try not to let it kind of 
yeah. dictate wholly what I do because I'd hate to have to go on stage and like just stand still. You know? Yeah, that'd be boring. Unless it involves a staring contest. Exactly, yeah, and I will win every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, a lot of the themes around the album, uh, you've been quite outspoken about saying it's you know addressing a lot of the uh, problems with the sort of social media generation. Yeah, for sure. If you will, um, it, it's really interesting that I suppose you're writing a record around that because I think when when you aspire when you're like looking at Instagram and you see like Instagram influencers yeah yeah and all of these all of these young people are aspiring to succeed like someone else instead of succeeding on their own terms you self comparison just all the time it's it's one of the horrible things that I myself have noticed particularly of myself recently that you kind of lose sight of any sort of attainable goals for yourself 100% and also like kind of yeah taking it all like one sort of step at a time and appreciating every little goal that you achieve along the way you know what I mean Mm. like anyone you kind of look at on Instagram who's uh, sort of succeeded in any field that you kind of want to have success in you know what I mean there's been a lot of hard work and graph has gone into that and also just because they're at that point and they're doing these things doesn't necessarily mean they're a happy person either so I think you know a lot of people get wrapped up into trying to aspire to be you know these things or to achieve these things they feel like they have to you know what I mean to have any sort of self-worth you know there seems to be a lot you know a feeling these days of like you have to have this kind of lifestyle that you can kind of parade to other people yeah and that kind of validates your existence where in it completely boils down to as long as you're happy doing what you're doing why have you got to prove anything to anyone else you mm. know what i mean like in instagram is a very useful tool don't get it me can wrong. be it can be a force for good i mean obviously oh, yeah. i know you and justine are obviously involved with like record label work outside of employed to serve yeah. so and you know social media is just such a huge part of how record labels operate I these mean, days like it's in like invaluable how much it's kind of offered to well not even just music but the world and in general you know like it's it's totally a user error when it comes down to like yeah people having problems with it or you know getting frustrated or upset with it because you know they're comparing themselves to someone else or they think they're like shit because someone they follow on instagram's doing all this cool shit but like there's so many cool things i mean the fact that like as a band from the get-go we've been able to we always like booked our own tours like back in when we first started and with like mm. facebook and stuff it's amazing you just look at like who's booking shows in the city message them and say hey do you want to like put us on like if you think back to like the well even the 90s or further back than that you'd have to be calling people up and you'd really have to graft yeah. to book your own tour and the fact that you can like me and justine would like book a uk tour in like less than a couple of days you know what i mean that's incredible but yeah yeah you just need to like I'm not saying you need to cut it out of your life. It's moderation, isn't it? Much like, much like any yeah. sort of addictive thing in your life, whether it's alcohol or drugs or, you know. Totally. Not drugs any for me. Time. Definitely, you know, I, I took a break from booze recently just because I was like, I'm just not enjoying this. Like, yeah. you know, I want to be able to enjoy it having have, a beer, you know. It doesn't have to be, like, so strict. And like you say, yeah, you come back to it and you appreciate it. Because, like, sometimes you'll go, like... I don't know, we'll go on tour and I'll be like, we'll update like the ETS one, but you might not like update your personal one. And sometimes it's kind of nice to kind of like leave all the yeah. social stuff aside and then you can kind of come back to it and like catch up on like what your friends are doing or something. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, moderation is completely key. You know, mm. that's the way to, to go about anything, you know. Well, before you go today, Sammy, I wanted to um, 
I don't know if you're as much of a pro wrestling fan as I am. Oh, well, I'm an Attitude Era kind of guy. Okay, like, yeah, fair anyway. enough, fair enough. Uh, we're doing some quick fire questions today called Choke Slam Dunk. Okay, sick. Um, so, uh, some very quick questions. Yep. Uh, what would your wrestler alter ego be called? My wrestler alter ego? Uh, apocalyptic Wrist Wizard. Wow. Yeah. That's like gobbledygooker sort of yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. Shit. I'd be the apocalyptic riff wizard. Would, like, and would like you rise special... out of an egg? Like, no, oh. I would say, no, but you know, like, so you got the, what was the bit called where they come down from? Like the oh, walkway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had like, oh, I can't be, yeah, but anyway, like on the side, like the bit, like kind of you raise out, up of the ground, up, up from the ground. Oh, what, like the undertaker? Form. Exactly. So I'd come up with a guitar going, willow, willow, willow. And my special move would be making people's heads explode with a guitar solo. That would be your signature move, would yeah, it? That, that was my next question. The apoc- apocalyptic solo from hell, it would be called. Nice. Yeah. That's... And then JR would be going, Oh my god, he's getting ready my to god. the apocalyptic uh, solo from hell. He's like a caged animal in a cage. <laughs> and then Jerry's like, I think he's going to do it, JR! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you're in the main event of WrestleMania. Yep. Tables, ladders, chairs, the lot. Yep. Uh, who, if you could pick any band, is playing you to the ring? Bear in mind, if you are coming out from the ground with a guitar, you can join this band for one night only. It would have to be, just I have to say it, because for me, uh, I think I know band, what's coming. I it think would have I'm to be Pantera, man. Ah, yeah, yeah fair enough. My, my favourite metal band of all time. If I, if I could come, like, if I could come out to, like, I don't know, like, Domination's playing, and then when I win the match, because I will win, like yep. the end riff from Suicide Note Part 2's playing as I just walk out of the ring. Yeah. That would be sick, yeah. So Pantera for me, man. <laughs> It, it's fucking swollen, yeah, honestly. Just put all the fan on something. Yeah. Well, I'm joined by uh, two of the sickest cunts out of Australia. <laughs> uh, this is a great interview already. Dan and Zay from Pagan, welcome to Bitch and Brew. Lovely to have you here. Thank you for having us, my friend. Yeah. How's your uh, slam dunk experience been so far? Obviously, it's your, your first time here. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been sick. It's, it's been, been mind-blowing, this is the scale of it, I think, as well. Yeah, um, yeah Just yeah. everything's so spaced out, and there's just tents everywhere, and you can walk past, and you're like, oh, what's that? And you just get so easily distracted from where you have to be. Yeah. 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 I saw like three bands on the way from like one corner of the site to the other. Yeah, and yeah. I was supposed to get here on a certain time and I was like, oh, what's this? And I stopped and watched and I was like, are they going to say their name? I don't know who they are. I don't have a, a, a sheet with me. And I was yeah. just like, I want to watch two songs and, and keep bailing. I've literally missed so much that I wanted to see because I've accidentally found something, something else, else that yeah. I really enjoyed. So <laughs> it's, been, it it's been really cool. Uh, and the show yesterday was sick. Um, we had a really, really good time. Um, Ton of people came to watch us, and which we, which we didn't think would happen. Yeah. But uh, but 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 it did. So that was cool. Um, yeah, we're having a blast. So it's your first time at Slam Dunk, but your second time in the UK mm-hmm. uh, in quite a short space of time as well. You came back really quickly, which is awesome. Yeah. And I understand that this time you've done the the tourist thing a little bit more. A little bit. A yes. little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. We stopped off at Stonehenge to have a bit of a look. We did go to Stonehenge. Um, it was it was funny. Um, very spinal tap. You very spinal yeah, tap. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that place is weird because you, you, you pay like was it like 20 quid or something and you can stand like 10 meters away from it or yeah, you, or you not pay, pay nothing and stand 20 meters away from it yeah. or whatever so like 
more than 20 meters, but still something like that. Not to, you know, not 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 to to sort of um, disrespect pagan heritage or anything like mm. that. They're fucking rocks, dude. They're not moving. Like you, you can see them. Like you don't need to pay the twenty quid to see the rocks. Like, and then you can drive around the other side and see the other side anyway. So anyone paying to see Stonehenge is a sucker. Yeah. That's and then my... speaking of rocks too, we stopped in a town called Jenna, and then our, our drummer Matt really wanted to see this um, statue. The of, University of Jenna. Your University of Jenna. You wanted to see the statue of Hegel, who's like a famous philosopher. Oh. Wow. So that was yeah. like. We must stop here. And to be honest, though, it was it was a beautiful little town. Very beautiful. Yeah, Very I, beautiful. I bought like a little uh, vintage pen set that I'm really proud of. So. Yeah, it's weird. I think like this tour has been way busier than the last one, but I feel like we've somehow managed to see more on on this one. Has there been less culture shocks this time? Because I know there's like, say, a British band go over to America. There's like tons of culture shocks, but mm. I understand there's slightly less of a cultural difference between Australia and the UK. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know what? It's this is a good question because I grew up watching a lot of British comedy and a lot of like British television. Yeah. So a lot of it for me, like in in the UK, is very familiar. Like it just seems like it's like a in a TV show or something. It's yeah. like, um, so I, I don't know. Like I feel very at home over here. Yeah, I do too. London is like a uh, blown up version of Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a really good way to put it. Melbourne's quite restricted. Uh, not restricted, but it's very small and compact and um, you could take London, like just London's just a massive scale of, of Melbourne. So it does yeah. feel like home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Degree. I mean, sure. the Melbourne scene at the moment kind of segueing into, into Melbourne, mm. it just mm. seems to be blowing up over sort of this side of the world at the moment there's so many yeah. bands coming out of Melbourne yeah. and over here you know yeah. you guys and, and Press Club who are obviously on yeah. the same yeah. label as you Hustle yeah. Records big up Absolutely. Um, and uh, obviously Camp Cope as well yep. yeah. um, has it always been such a burgeoning scene and such a diverse scene or is this something that's only sort of come about in recent years maybe I, I, not diverse not, it's always n- yeah that's a prominent. good way to put it yeah, yeah. yeah I think like diversity is definitely something that there's been a big push for and, and not only like musical but also like I guess like socially and mm. politically diverse yeah, as well as well yeah um, so yeah I, I think I think that's kind of the coolest thing about it at the moment is that like the mixed bill is kind of coming back in Melbourne which yeah. I really like I'm such a fan of a like a mixed bill yeah um, for a while I guess in the like the kind of like earlier 2000s for example was like you the hardcore show it was four hardcore bands and that's it yeah you know? like so that's sort of like we're we're pretty lucky. I feel like we get to play with like lots of different types of bands with mm. lots of different types of people in the bands mm, too, which yeah. is, is pretty important to us. As I well. mean, going around and obviously having like local supports open for you in the UK as well just yeah. means yep. that the bill's super diverse. I remember yep. I saw the guys in Arid Wave opening for you in Southampton. Yeah, yeah, tons yeah. of groove, tons so of groove, tons yeah. of yeah. and that their Great. fucking drummer was just like early nineties Dave Grohl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah they were great. They were really good. Um, but yeah, no, I think. Um, I think that there's certain bands too that have sort of made uh, kind of paved a path for it to be a little bit easier for bands like us to come in like Smith Street Band blew up over here mm. so all of a sudden there was like uh, oh there's you know there's, oh there's punk bands from Melbourne let's let's find out more about yeah those, let's tap example. into that market and then like from a more like metal perspective not Melbourne so much but Australia like Parkway Drive blew up over here yeah. so then Amity blew up over here and then um I think a lot of people, probably through like the Unity thing, you know, Unity Gathering, probably just thought, oh, like this Australia is just a metalcore country, and then all the, you know, all the brilliant, diverse, mad stuff coming out. Even that festival, though, like we did that this year, and it was like 
we were on it and obviously like we're not a metalcore band or whatever mm. but, but it works like we can kind of get by For in sure. that world but even like there was like there's a great band from Brisbane called Wax who was sort of like an indie rock kind of band they were on it yeah, that was sick for sure. yeah like um, I think I think it's kind of cool to be into different shit over there now mm. which is great which is, is really good well Obviously, haven't seen your uh, show the other day because um, I wanted to see it on the off chance that I wasn't going to be able to catch you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's such an incredible sense of performance to your set, and you all kind of Thank hold you. your own on stage. But you know, obviously, she's not here to kind of speak for herself today. But Nikki's sense of performance as well, her sort of mixture of um, aerobics yeah. and <laughs> calisthenics, uh, yeah. Yeah. satanic possession, yeah, 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 and yeah. then just kind of doing whatever the fuck she wants because she can. Yeah. Uh, do you think that it can sort of be used as like a tool of empowerment, just like doing whatever oh. kind of comes to mind? Totally. Because, yeah. You know yeah, that yeah. that room was full of like you know straight white guys, and yeah. there was like four women in the crowd, and she was kind of like pointing at the women and kind yeah, of going, you know, yeah. this is for I, you. I mean, it's it's obviously a bit of a weird one where we're three white men sitting here talking about female empowerment, yeah. obviously. Well, yeah, of but, course. Yeah. But um, that was a total disclaimer for the next thing I'm about to say, <laughs> right. but like. I think for Nikki, um, obviously not to speak for her, but she, I think she really gets a lot out of the shows mm. um, and out of having half an hour or an hour to literally just do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. And I think that if I was, uh, if I was a young girl mm. and I saw maybe a, like a, an older girl doing that, I would find that so fucking inspiring. Yeah. Um, and I, I can I can liken that to like bass players that I've seen before who I've watched and I've just been like, you're amazing. Like, yeah. And I can relate to you because that's, you know, you're like me, but you're doing this, you know, you're doing this totally un, uninhibited thing that, yeah. you know, where you're, you know, and I, I, don't know, I, th- I just think that she is definitely, um, definitely gets the attention of people people oh, yeah, who, sure. who can relate to her mm. and um you know and that's not even just girls too i think like, i feel like a lot of men watch her and are like fuck i want to like sing in band yeah uh, and that's i think it's so sick you know uh, so before you go today um i wanted to play a little game that we're playing with everyone we're chatting to yeah. today on bitch and brew um now if there's one thing that i love just as much <laughs> as music on bitch and brew and craft beer mm. uh, is um, or a nice cup of tea mm. I like lots of things on Bitch and Brew but one, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I do love uh, very much is uh, pro wrestling oh um, yeah yeah and uh, so uh, we're playing a game today uh, or like a series of quick fire questions with all cool. the bands we're chatting to called Choke Slam Dunk good um, nice good so I'll ask each of you uh, what would your wrestling alter egos names be oh man um, oh we'd be a tag team we'd be a tag team <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Zave's name would be uh, Kache and my name would be Pepe and we'd be Kache Pepe which is our favourite spaghetti (laughs) dish (laughs) and um, I'm going to come clean so I didn't just think of that I I made a joke about about, I made a joke about us both getting dogs and naming them that so we could have Have Kache Kache Pepe Pepe and hang out together that's ace what would your signature move be would you kind of team up and like do like this horrible like backbreaking move that just make the crowd pop. I think we need to use our limbs to like wrap around certain parts, like the pasta itself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah. a submission move. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hold, hold them down, yeah. choke them yeah. to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're in the main event of WrestleMania. Yes. Yeah. You're walking down the ramp. Yeah. Who is playing you to the ring? Uh, Any band you want. Uh, it would be. Um, uh, it'd be like DJ Sammy. <laughs> 
Our intro music on this <laughs> tour has been um, Heaven. The oh re- yeah, the, the he- Heaven remix. You it. <laughs> DJ, is it DJ Sammy? DJ I'm Sammy. Pretty yeah. sure it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be that. It'd be, we'd come out to Heaven by DJ Sammy. Yeah. I think. That'd be just ace. because I've been coming out that's, to that. That's like every a super, night. That's yeah. a super babyface entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Oh, we wouldn't we'd see be, it coming. That's we'd be the, crowd favourites for sure. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd be. What do they call them? Baby, baby faces. Yeah, we'd be baby faces and heels. Yeah, yeah. Who would turn on the other? Who would turn heel? Oh, me, 100%. 100% Danny, for I would sure. turn yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Choke slam you through a table. Yeah. He'd, move, he'd move all the spaghetti and the pizza off the trestle table, and he'd pick up the trestle table, and he'd smack you in the back yeah, of the head. Yeah, yeah, Smack you in the back of the head with Absolutely. an Italian sub. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, yes. Like the one we ordered last Don't night. Don't you dare whole waste story. that sub. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it would do some What a juicy there. spot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So one more chat, one more chat uh, before before I fuck off uh, for um, not not for a little while. I, I will be back with well, I think the next thing we're going to do is a bitchin' festival preview of Download Festival, which is fast approaching. Um, so yeah, it's time for our headline chat on this on this podcast. I kind of. Uh, uh, wazzed off a little bit about how much I I truly fucking love this band, um, sort of uh, at the at the start of this podcast. But you know that that love is genuine. Newfound Glory are one of my all time favourite bands, and I'm I'm so appreciative of of Chad Gilbert and Ian Grushka, uh, the guitarist and bassist respectively of Newfound Glory for their time at Slam Dunk today. Unfortunately, I think this is probably the uh, the chat where my kind of skills with this with this brand new microphone that I've bought. Uh, probably are, you know, skills or lack thereof, I should say, are probably the most exposed. Just because I haven't quite figured out how the, the sort of the the gain dial and the and the different polar patterns work on this mic yet. I've tried to, you know, do enough sort of studio trickery to make it as listenable as possible, and and it's absolutely fine. It's just not of the, uh, it's not up to the quality of of some of the other chats on this podcast. Now I do seem to recall at the time the press tent while we were chatting to uh, Chad and Ian uh, was uh, sort of particularly loud at this point. No, no, no fault of, you know, uh, anyone's in particular, um, but obviously we'll try and bring you better quality audio as I figure out how this mic fucking works. Um, Anyway, let's not uh, cloud over the fact that this is uh, an absolutely monumental uh, thing for Bitch and Brew up to this point. Um, arguably the biggest band we've ever spoken to on the podcast. Um, and I feel absolutely chuffed to bits about it, as I think you will probably hear in my voice on the chat that you're about to hear um, with Chad Gilbert and Ian Grushka from New Found Glory. So, Chad and Ian from Newfound Glory, thank you very much for joining me on Bitch and Brew today. Yes. Um, it's only your third time here at Slam Dunk, and yet I feel like you've been here so many more times. Not not for like any bad reason, but we were the well, we were the we played the first one, right? Did we play the first one when it was in that little? I remember. We, I thought we played the first Slam Dunk, and then he had us back for the ten years. Right. Okay. Slam Dunk or something? Wasn't there a ten year or a five year? I think I, that was. Uh, yeah, I think I saw you guys at the ten year one for sure, which was I think my first Slam Dunk was okay. the year that Panic at the Disco were yeah. playing as well. That was yeah, one, so. that was a lot of fun that show. Yeah, that was cool. So looking at a festival like Slam Dunk and and, and the lineup this year and uh, and the sort of peers that you're you're sharing, especially the main stage with, does it kind of give you reassurance that that pop punk's not dead i think more about regardless of everyone else i think for us it's it's awesome to think 
to see where we're playing on a bill like this so late in the day after 22 years I think yeah. is awesome for us you know like and the amount of the, the people singing along and the amount of kids that were there and I think more of you know pop punk metal parkour whatever it, whatever it is I think I love the fact that you know Newfound Glory fans are always there and they always show up and, yeah and you know it's pretty cool I think it's more of a uh, an awesome um, I think it's great I think for, for me too I think it's cool that they have like the, the punk and drublick stage yeah for me I love like like 90s punk rock yeah so for me like the 17 year old me like would be at that stage watching all those bands yeah we'd be there right now watching the interrupters yeah. who are obviously a more contemporary band but they're you know killing it like just this festival just has such a solid lineup they're just yeah. it'd be impossible to see every band that you want to see because there's just too many good bands playing and, and yeah and with, with the question you're saying too about the pop punk, pop punk thing it's like that's the cool thing about the UK is that it's always been present well, you know what I mean like it's I've never not felt supported in the UK yeah you know what I mean I've always yeah it. Like, I was there at that string of three London shows yeah. where we obviously hung out and uh, yeah. I remember like it was just all the deep cuts off of like Catalyst and Not Without a Fight and that uh, it was at the Electric Ballroom where you guys played Truck Stop Blues yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone just went yeah. oh it gave me chills it was wild <laughs> it was, it was wild. crazy um, so you've obviously seen Slam Dunk sort of in a different form each time yeah it's getting so bigger, I think, bigger you know, and bigger yeah yeah it's getting bigger where it was just like 8 bands on a lineup originally and now you know it's like 800 bands on a lineup and in a different place entirely um how, how has it been for you to see it grow and grow over time as such sort of, you know, like avid fans of playing the UK? Yeah, well, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's, I think it's uh, where, you know, I, I love all different types of music. I listen to everything. But every, every year I always look at a Reading and Leeds lineup. Mm. And um, Reading and Leeds is such a fun festival, but I could see how it's leaning a little bit more on the pop side of things. Well, yeah, yeah. So I feel like we're like, there's more of, it, that's turning more this, that's, this is a reaction where fans are like, I want more punk, you know, I want more like metal, I want more of this. So they, Slam Dunk keeps getting bigger and bigger, you know, mm. and I think it's, it's, it's cool that even though in the mainstream, pop music is big, and hip hop's big and all these things big, you know, that punk rock music could still sell 20, 25,000 tickets. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and it's cool to see that with Slam Dunk because it's, as, it's interesting because as the mainstream goes further away from punk, the punk festivals get bigger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it shows you that it's the kind of music that is about people listening and spreading the word about their favorite bands, you know. And, and so, like, a, a fest like this has, like... I just feel like, in my opinion, not saying that I'm right, I feel like... It's <laughs> usually right. I feel like in the UK, they support music. And in the in the US, it's like once a band gets to a certain point people almost want to shit talk it and then right. start listening to something else and then be like oh well this is like the new thing we're over here people realize it's okay to support this band this band this band this band you don't have yeah. to pigeonhole yourself yeah. in one thing you could support whoever you want and it's okay yeah and that like in the states people look at me and they're like dude what are you listening to 
like I listen to stuff I like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't matter if this is way different than this. I, I like what I like. And I, here I feel like even the, with the festivals it shows, there's everything. And yeah. like everyone, it's okay for everyone to like everything. That's yeah. why the festivals are so much better over here. I was having a talk earlier with Liam from Cantspats, great band. And, um, uh, you know, we were saying about, because obviously he's got his Black Sabbath uh, covers thing going on with uh, Bat Sabbath. And, um, you know, I was saying, like, when you're in the music industry or, like, even as a young music fan, you're pressured to kind of have your finger on the pulse all the time and sort of, you know, know what's new and constantly be ahead of the curve. Where it's all right to actually go back and just stick with what you love and listen to, quote, unquote, the classics, really. Yeah. I'm kind of repeating myself a bit here, but yeah. No, I I agree. So last time you guys were over here was the 20 Years of Pop Punk Tour. Uh, as I said, it was an amazing three nights in London. Um, did that give you a lot more perspective on what you uh, of everything that you had achieved over the two decades? Yeah, and made me realize how many songs we wrote. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely not easy learning how to remember all those songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think it, it's really tough, you know, because um, I was talking about this yesterday in an interview, but like. We still have the drive of a new band, mm. and we get really excited. So when people ask about like how's it looking back, it's it doesn't feel like that long. Well, so, we just we just ne- we've never stopped. Like so many bands, they've come out, they've taken like a hiatus, you know what I mean, and then yeah, went back out. You've been a, we've a just constant been nonstop. So for us, it's just been like one long tour yeah yeah so it's, it's like for us, yeah so it's like looking at that it's great like we see what we accomplished but we're still so driven where we're like oh we can't wait to write the new record so people can hear the direction we're going you know we're like, mm. we think that we you know like i think this is our best movie cover record i think it's better than the last one and i think it's yeah. better than the first one i love the product the, 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 the production is is incredible i mean i gotta say i hate the greatest showman yeah but then i heard the this is me cover and i was like yeah i might actually i've not watched the film yet yeah, yeah. probably because i was just like oh yeah pt <laughs> barnum was a terrible person i don't really want to watch that oh man the thing is i went in when i first saw that movie i was like man i am not gonna like this <laughs> But I went and I was like, man, that was so good. Because yeah. I don't I don't really like musicals very no, much. No, me neither. And that one didn't feel like a musical. No. And the it songs, feels like a bunch of music the, videos. The songs in it are good. Yeah. So I, th- I actually have a few friends at home. They're like, dude, we never saw we never saw the movie at all, but that's our favorite cover on your guys' record. Yeah. They're like, it feels like it's like, if I didn't know that was from a movie, I would just think that was a newfound glory song. <laughs> yeah. So doing From the Screen to Your Stereo Part 3... Um, because there's been pretty much one of these for you know every 10 years, ten years, of, yeah. 10 years at this point. Is it a great way for you guys to, to maybe let off a little bit of creative steam after like a long touring run or after you know making a making a particularly challenging record for you? Um, you know it does a few things. It's I think it's fun for fans. You know it's really fun for our fans because I feel like they really participate in the movie cover records mm. because it's it's same thing with us with that it happens with them where there's less personal attachment it's like a fan's not going to listen to let it go and go and be like oh man is new fungal changed is it still <laughs> punk is it not punk they're going to listen to it and have a good time there's not this like ownership mm. and when you record a new album fans you know they expect a lot yeah and and sometimes they might expect too much sometimes they might expect too little sometimes they they want to make they want a certain kind of lyric or not a certain kind of lyric 
you never know. So when you go in to make a record, you you really have to search deep within Newfound Glory and like just I remember that people love what you came up with when you didn't know what you were doing. So just do what feels right, and then hopefully they'll love it. Where with a movie cover record, it's so fun because yeah, you're you're able to look listen to the song and go. All right, what would uh, what would Newfound Glory do mm. to let it go? Where would the breakdown be? Where would the last <laughs> part be? You know, so you're able to like kind of just give it a Newfound Glory treating. Yeah. You know, so it it's not like it feels very fun. It's, there's no like personal like. Ugh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, I do like the way it's not sticking to all the regular time patterns as well. Yeah. You know, just kind of putting the Newfound Glory stamp on it, really. Yeah, totally. And I think that helps fans too, where they're able to like just buy this record and just like put it on and have a good time yeah as opposed to like needing a personal attachment does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. like they're not looking for their favorite song they're just looking for a good time yeah and and i think what it does for us musically is awesome because we mess with a lot of chord progressions we would never do so uh you know so i think it's great like i mean like you know self-titled came after the first from the screener stereo and I remember going into subtitled this whole new you know it's almost educational yeah 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 because you're working like I said with chord progressions and patterns and different keys and key changes that we would never do before so this it, this one was kind of fun too because there was some of these songs there's no harmonies on there so just sitting in the studio just like trying to make our own harmonies for someone else's songs yeah, yeah it we, was kind of interesting also that must yeah, be a lot of pressure stuff, though we had stuff to those songs that aren't there yeah, yeah. so that that made, like made it kind of like more fun for us too so has it shed some light on the eventual follow-up to makes me sick yeah for sure i just think it's like you know, playing, you know, I think playing like those fast songs again and, and that was really fun, you know, like, so I could see like, you know, when we're writing the new record, more like fast stuff, more like the upbeat side because mm-hmm. because of like having so much fun playing these covers and you know, when you, when you hear like, when you hear like this Let It Go and you, that's such like a, even Greatest Showman, these are like big theater Big, you yeah. know, broad, you know, big musicals written by people with straight, and then we were able to like turn them into a Newfound Glory song. It's, it's fun to be like, oh, like we can do that the other way around. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? like, you know saying? Yeah, like, just listening, and then you hear parts in these songs that you never heard were even there before when you're trying to dissect them to record them. Yeah. Like you're just hearing parts you're like, I didn't even know that that was there. Like one of the backups we did for like Power of Love. I remember Chad came in he's like, dude, what's going on in that part? And they're like, dude, listen to the original. And he's like, it's, it's there. Yeah. Weird. You're in there like, what's that Mark Wahlberg movie? Is it Rockstar? Where yeah, you, yeah. like, and he's like trying to get Timothy Oliphant to do the proper pinched harmonic. Yeah. Like, you're not doing it right. <laughs> did you know who did his voice in Rockstar? Oh, I do know. But... Steel Panther guy. Oh, Michael Starr. Yeah. Or whatever his he real name is. Yeah. Rockstar. Rockstar. Wow, because hey, he has a Mark cameo Roberts. in yeah. yeah, he has a cameo in it. He's, 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 the, he's the singer beforehand, yeah. and it has a very young Miles Kennedy yeah, in it so as well. His voice is the rock star when he's singing on stage. Right, so let's wrap it up with some very quick fire questions. Because <laughs> um, uh, one thing we love just as much as music on Bitch and Brew is pro wrestling. Awesome. Um, so uh, we're doing a quick segment with every artist today called Chokeslam Dunk. Um, so very quickly, I'll ask each of you, 
Uh, what would your wrestling alter ego be called? Oh, I already know mine. This is mine from when I was a little kid. It would be Chunky Blue Cheese. Chunky Blue Cheese. Yeah, that was my wrestling name when I was a little kid. Nice. I run Major Pain. Major Pain. Yeah. It'd be like a throwback where you could do all the puns with like, I'm a major pain yeah. in your ass. Get ready to feel some major pain. Yeah. Kind of like a Everything. kind of like a cross between the Iron Sheik, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Sergeant Slaughter. And Sergeant yeah. Slaughter. Yeah. Or or the, you go even more old school, Corporal Kushner. Oh, it's, okay. He's an '80s wrestler. Oh, fair enough. Corporal yeah. Kushner, he'd have a green, he had the beret hat and the. You remember Corporal Kushner? <laughs> yeah. Major pain. What would your signature move? I feel like Ian, you're going to know this because you craft. Did a, a wrestling alter ego when you were younger? Did you have like a signature move? I think I would. I would probably have to steal uh, King Kong Bundy's move, where he would like crush people in the into the turnbuckle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fair enough. Chad, how are you going to counter that? Man, I'm not pitting you two against each other. By the way, we're no, asking we're everyone, and then we're going to put everyone in like a royal rumble at the end of it. Like. Nice. Or. Uh, Loyal crumble, Loyal so crumble. so we don't get sued by Vince. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what would be my uh, what would be my move? I really don't know. I mean, I always thought like all the um, like I always loved the you know I loved the Tombstone. Mm-hmm. I loved um, the Rick Rude. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change my move now. Okay. I'm gonna call it the nut, where I just knock you out and then I sit on top of your face and plant my nuts That's, on your nose. That's great. It's called the nut. Let's <laughs> just stick with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, final question: You're in the main event of WrestleMania, either as a tag team or against each other. Um. Who is playing each of you to the ring as you go down that massive walkway? Who's playing us? Yeah, any band in the world. Pick and so much like Ronda Rousey did this year, where she had Joan Jett playing her to the ring, which was awesome. Um, there's a song from I'll find it. I always thought it would be my uh, wrestling intro. You can pick yours. yours. Yeah, I gotta think about that one for a second. Mine, I gotta find it, but it's from uh, you on the internet. Uh, no, no, I'm not. But oh, hang on. Yeah, I am. Go to Zayo. Zayo. Zayo? You ever listen to Zayo? No. Z-A-O. Z- yeah. The band Zayo, there's a song. Uh, what's the Wi-Fi? You got Wi-Fi here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know when I was a little kid, Come On Eileen was my walkout oh, song. What, Dexy's Midnight Runners? That was my, uh, that was, that was my Chunky Blue Cheese's intro song. One of those ones? Yeah, let me give you the song. I think I have here. So I may just have to stick to my OG... Yeah, Dexys. I like that. I like that. Because it's the right. You gotta hear this song. Yeah. Anyway, it's a Zayo song. It has that. Chad and this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for being on Bitch and Brew today. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. Okay, so that brings to an end the Bitch and Brew slam dunk, slam dunk of a special. I can't say. Uh, any any more than that really so I'm not going to thank you very much uh, for listening um, thank you very much to uh, all of the bands I spoke to today to the Bronx to the Cancer Bats to the Interrupters uh, to Employed to Serve to Pagan and of course to New Found Glory um, 
yeah, it was an incredible day at Slam Dunk, as we'll kind of go into a little bit more detail on the next episode of the Bitchin' Review, which is coming soon. I promise we'll be sitting down, uh, myself and Brad, to record that one very soon. We'll do back-to-back recordings of the April and May episode, uh, where we'll be chatting about, well, fucking tons of records. Records by bands, even, that we chat to in this podcast, Employed to Serve, um, particularly with that one, and the sort of live show from Pagan that I saw uh, before Slam Dunk Festival. We'll be chatting about that and albums from Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes and Pup and Martha and Loyal Kana um, and the surprise album from Biffy Clyro we'll be chatting about that as well loads of stuff planned for those two episodes of the Bitch and Review uh, which are coming soon so make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you listen to podcasts the link to subscribe will be in the bio for this episode of course thank you to the organisers of Slam Dunk Festival and to the sort of people working behind the scenes there for letting me uh, come backstage with Bitch and Brew to, to bring you this episode today and um you know, I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to um, uh, to sort of the unsung heroes, the people who allowed me to bring you bring you these chats, and that is the publicists sort of representing representing the bands. I know this seems like a sort of a very snivelly music industry thing to do, but I really think they they deserve a shout out beyond the the sort of liner notes of albums. Um, so I'm going to give them a shout out, and if you think that's not a good idea, well, fuck you. Um, thank you very much to. Uh, M and Harris at Public City PR, of course, the uh, also the hosts of Straight Out Popcorn. We're looking to do a collaboration podcast with them very soon. Very, very excited about that. The greatest movie podcast out there, in my opinion. Uh, thank you to uh, Anna Maslowich at AM Publicity. Also to uh, Matt Hughes at uh, Devil PR. Um, and and also finally um, uh, another little shout out to Haley and Holly at Little Press who uh, helped me organise the chat with Pagan today. I'm just going to bugger off and let you get on with your day. Thank you very much for listening to the Slam Dunk special of Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. I've been Danny Randon and of course don't forget, until next time, to be loud, be kind and be bitching. <laughs>